Welcome to another edition of Detroiters Think Big, a small business podcast uh, for the Detroit Regional Chamber. I am your host, Devin O'Reilly. Uh, with me today is Deanna Ahmed of Our Next Energy, or One, yep. correct? Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess uh, we'll start with the name and then kind of explain how the name fits your your company. Sure, yeah. So Our Next Energy is really about uh, bringing a new model around energy storage. So we call ourselves an energy storage company um, because as we're first supplying into the EV market battery products, uh, we are thinking bigger than that because energy storage is really the key to decarbonizing um, our energy transition and, and onboarding more renewable resources. So Our Next Energy really is about um, burgeoning that that energy transition, and, and we're really excited to be first servicing the EV market. Now, how new is this company? Has this been around a while, or are you kind of a startup? We, I think we've graduated the word startup, um, but we are a little under two years old. Um, we were uh, founded in Silicon Valley, but headquartered now in Novi, Michigan. Um, we've scaled pretty quickly. We've raised $95 million to date, um, 156 employees as of today. Um, and we do have uh, an R&D team out in, in the Bay, but really excited to be growing our, our headquarters here in Michigan. So that's a, that's, a really, uh, that's a really positive story, but also one that I usually, usually goes backwards, where companies may start in Michigan and go out to Silicon Valley. So can you talk about why you went from Silicon Valley to to Novi, Michigan. Absolutely. So our founder, Majib Ijaz, um, is a veteran of this industry. He's been in electrification uh, for 32 years. Uh, started his career at Ford, was leading uh, research projects and alternative energy vehicles, uh, and then was the founder of the A123 Automotive Division uh, in 2009. Um, so he really scaled what was arguably the first uh, lithium-ion battery manufacturing facility in Michigan and went on to lead a an energy storage special project at Apple, but um, you know, in during the pandemic, seeing also the opportunities for this industry really to have generational investments, uh, felt that it was time to to found an all American battery company and then to bring that back to Michigan. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and so, what makes you what makes you passionate? And talk, you know, we talked about the company, but talk about your role yeah. uh, at the company and, and what makes you passionate about that. Yeah. So I uh, get the pleasure to lead strategy and government affairs at one. Um, so my background is very interdisciplinary. I've spent a lot of time in policy and academia, uh, a lot of grad school. I just finished my PhD at Columbia University, uh, studying actually behavioral nutrition and neuroscience. Um, but I had the pleasure of um, being able to do systems change research, and systems change research uh, really erodes silos. And so you are able to start thinking a lot bigger and how uh, various parties and disciplines can come together to solve big problems. And when we think about this current problem and climate change and the future of this planet, it is uh, like it, it's a priority for everyone to start working collectively. And um, I see the energy transition as impacting all, everything down to our children. Um, and I have a two and a half year old and that's really motivated my um, interest in, in helping to, to steer the strategy of the company. Um, I also have the pleasure of being Jeep's daughter, so um, that helped to, to bring me into this. But I, I think actually there's magic when you bring people from unique disciplines uh, into solving a, a problem collectively. Uh, one of the things that we're really 
excited about as a company is being systems thinkers and really reimagining everything. So as we're now working to bring a gigafactory to the United States, we are reimagining what a gigafactory is and how, from a systems perspective, we can be not a um, pollutant, but actually supportive of onboarding more renewable energy for um, the grid and, and decarbonizing the grid and then allowing that factory to actually be good for a community, both from a, a climate perspective, but then also from a human perspective. And um, it's really exciting, actually, to be thinking very holistically um, about what we're doing. So we call our, our factory One Circle, and One Circle really represents the idea that you can drive towards a circular economy um, in manufacturing, and that actually is our opportunity to bring manufacturing excellence back to the United States in a more thoughtful way. Yeah, I think so. I want to get back to the Gigafactory because I think maybe even myself included, I've only heard that term several times used in, in, and was mostly like Tesla yeah. um, building a Gigafactory. So what, I mean, what, you know, we talked a little bit off air about this or you mentioned it, but what, what is a Gigafactory? What makes it a Gigafactory? Like how big are we talking how about the scale of that? Yeah, yeah it's a uh, Gigafactory comes from uh, the word gigawatt hour. So for every gigawatt hour, then if you're producing more than a gigawatt hour of cells, which are like the units of, of the, the products that go into battery packs that go into EVs, um, you are then in that category. Um, we are talking about um, scaling to a 20 gigawatt hour factory. Um, we'll be announcing a, an exciting uh, announcement with our first OEM uh, in the next couple of weeks here, and that warrants the scale up of 20 gigawatt hours of capacity, um, which is you know uh, thousands of battery products to, to service a production vehicle. And this this gigafactory you said is going to be located in Michigan, but you're still kind of finding what, what what the right site is. Yeah, so I'll answer that in the the right way, is that we are right now going to be bringing a first two gigawatt hour line. Um, we're, we're hoping to bring that operational by the uh, start of 2024. Um, we would love to grow that here in Michigan, and we're really excited to be site selecting across the U.S., but there's a lot of qualities to this state that inclusive of workforce, right? This was the manufacturing center of the United States and is how our automotive excellence really begun and we're really thinking about how we can play a part in revitalizing that in collaboration with all of the um, uh, incredible partners that are here so we're excited about the opportunity to locate here. So, um, you know, you, you talked about you're growing. You had, I think you said 156 employees yep. as of today. As of today. Uh, maybe, Changes every day. I was going to say, maybe by the time this podcast airs, it'll be even more. Um, <laughs> but looking ahead, what is, you know, what is the future, even in just the next year in terms of, uh, I don't, are you looking to hire more people? Obviously, Absolutely. the factory. But, you know, talk about building that team and what you'd like to see in terms of growing your team. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So we, we're currently in a facility um, in Novi, Michigan that we've outgrown. So we will be moving in July to a 140,000 square foot facility that will be our corporate headquarters. Um, that facility will help us accommodate a, a scale up of, of doubling the team um, over the next calendar year. Um, although we, we set targets and then we exceed them. So it, we really could um, grow faster than that. And the generational investments and, and funding that we're seeing from the public sector as well as the private sector uh, is really helping to fuel that accelerated growth. Um, we will grow the team
teams in California as well as our R&D um, centers. But um, here in Michigan, we're, we're you know, doing high-paying jobs um, in the engineering space, um, but also in, our, in, in the business space. And uh, as a company, we're, we're really excited about our value proposition for employees. Um, you know, all of our employees are shareholders. Um, we have premium free, uh, paid health care, dental, vision, um, uh, four-month uh, paid uh, family leave. So we're really also thinking about as we grow and, and work to attract more talent, how do we uh, offer the right um, benefits so that um, people are happy to contribute? Because really, the, the accelerated growth of this company, we have a very strong visionary in Majib, but it is everything to do with the hard work of the talented people that are here in Michigan. That's, that's, that is important. Um, and we think we have the talent here. It's yeah. all about getting them to getting them to the opportunities, upskilling, retraining, whatever uh, whatever it takes. So is that kind of is that kind of what you see in, in, in the future for one? Um, as far as like you want to be that company that grew in Michigan and can be uh, you know a kind of symbol for you can work here. There are really cool tech jobs in Michigan. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I uh, had the uh, I grew up in Michigan and then left for grad school. Went to uh, Boston, lived in the Bay, lived in uh, New York City, and there's a lot of elements of, for example, Silicon Valley that we can bring to Michigan that is going to give people a lot of additional values to working for a company like ours. So we're we're really trying to grow with that in mind. But then with respect to workforce development and when we're looking at a, a, a large factory, um, we're talking about 2,000, over 2,000 jobs um, at scale of 20 gigawatt hours. Those jobs, you know, we really do want to participate in the transitioning of workforce because these are distinctly different um, but have a lot of alignment with automotive manufacturing skill sets. And so we also want to play a part in, in participating in, in that transition of workforce in an equitable way. And one of the things that is really exciting about Michigan is um, the the skill sets in the workforce in Detroit. So so we are working to think about that right now, and um, you know we'll in the next several uh, weeks and uh, into the next two months have a lot more firmer decisions around where we're going to locate. But yeah. Okay, well, we'll look we'll look forward to that. Yeah. So <laughs> talk about I want to kind of end on kind of the storytelling narrative aspect of it because it, it seems so important that you know realistically a lot of uh, a lot of people who who might be listening might not have been aware of your company before might not know what it is um obviously i'm sure that's going to change soon uh coming to things like this but how can you how can you help kind of grow uh grow the awareness of one what you're doing because you know like you said i think you can be be kind of that beacon for michigan to show that cool companies who could locate in the bay area are locating in michigan so how can you help kind of tell your story? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, we had the pleasure to bring on a phenomenal creative director early on in the company. Um, right now, they're developing a content series where we're going to be um, building uh, content around what we're trying to do in an accessible way. So that's like one of the one of the opportunities. But I would say that the the way in which people have come to know of us is we did a 752 mile uh, range run in December um, from Nova to the UP and back on a single charge. Um, and so it's really just about, I think, telling stories in a way that means something to people. Um, Majib founded the company on um, three core values, the, f- the first being that you need to double the range of EVs in order to move the market. 
you know, lay, like regular people just want better products. And if we can deliver better products that are also good for the environment, um, that are made in America, that that's a winning scenario. And what we're trying to do is to make it so moms like myself can drive a van and still have an EV. Um, and so we're, we're really trying to articulate that problem because range anxiety is a huge barrier to adoption right now. The other component is costs. And so we're, we are thinking strategically from a systems perspective and how we can start to drive down costs if we can build very competitive technology on a global level and then also start to drive down costs. That is the way in which to, to move the market. And, and we want to tell stories that really mean something to people who have day-to-day experiences in mobility because mobility is a component of your life. Um, so we're, we're, we're trying to, to frame things in that way. Exactly. And I want to come back to that because you mentioned the, the I think, Again, 752 miles, is that yeah, correct? That is that's fair. incredible. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that eliminates range anxiety because, like you said, I mean, another way of looking at it is you could drive up to Mackinac Island from Detroit or drive up to Mackinac City from Detroit and yep, back yep. in a single charge. And that's really amazing. Now, so was that... Was that kind of a one-off, or do you is can that be replicated? Well, that is the product that we're working to bring to market. So we have two products, Aries and Gemini. Um, Aries is going to be uh, we're going to be- begin manufacturing uh, early next year. Um, we've got uh, over forty gigawatt hours of, of book business for that product. But Gemini is this uh, range extender architecture, um, which is capable of the seven hundred and fifty miles in a single charge in a you know sedan type platform and why that number was uh, important is then you put that in an SUV, you put it in a, in a minivan, you're actually then able to achieve a realistic 400 miles of range on a single charge and so our, our forthcoming announcement around an OEM is around that product so that is what we are looking to manufacture in this factory um, is, is bringing that product to market. Very cool. Well, if people hadn't heard of one before, I hope they have now and uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things to come. I mean, you, you mentioned some of them, but um, it's just a really great story and we're really happy that you uh, decided to, to come back to Michigan and grow here. Yep. Thank you so much for having me, Devin. Absolutely. With me today, uh, a special guest, Erica Monet-Lewis. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. You Perfect. did. Uh, welcome welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Um, so let's talk about, let's get right into it and, and talk about your story. Um, this is called Detroiters Think Big. You are a Detroiter. Yes. So why don't we kind of start at the beginning here and uh, talk about kind of where you grew up and how you came to found your own company. Yeah. So yes, Detroiter. Detroiter for life. I uh, born and raised in Detroit, east side of Detroit. I went to high school at the Detroit School for the Fine and Performing Arts, so DSA. And um, my major there was uh, speech and theater. And um, if you've seen the movie Fame, yeah. that's that's how my high school days were like every day. Awesome. It was amazing. Um, but, man, I don't even know how much time we have to really go through this story. But uh, 
But uh, so graduated from DSA. I went to CMU, got my undergrad in accounting. And as soon as I got my degree in accounting, I knew that I wanted to be in HR. So yeah, I was like, how in the world am I going to do this? How am I going to transition? That's interesting. So you went into accounting from an art school. I did. I did. And the reason uh, for that is simply because when someone told me, hey, you're not going to make a lot of money and acting is going to take some time. And I was really focused on, I need some money. I can no longer be broke. So I um, was really good at math, talked to my algebra teacher, and I said, hey, so what careers can I get into that deals with numbers? And she said, oh, you can get into accounting. They make good money. I said, great. That's what I'm going to do. So I went to school and I majored in accounting, got my degree in accounting. I spent about three and a half years in accounting before I transitioned over into um, human resources and I got my master's in HR and OD from Eastern Michigan University and um, that really started kind of you know my HR career and that moment uh, for me that said hey you should be in HR was when I got the phone call for my first job and I told myself huh I want to be the person on the other end of that phone call because where I'm from People go to work because they got to go to work. They don't go to work because they truly enjoy it and they're happy. So I wanted to be the person to make a positive impact on people's livelihoods at work. That's what I wanted to do. And so um, the first step to that was to get into recruiting. So I started out in recruiting and staffing. And then my career just progressed in taking on more responsibility as an HR leader, handling more HR transformation projects. In the moment where I realized that I want to do my own thing was um, I was coaching a leader at work. And he said, Erica, thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. This is my job. He said, no, this isn't your job. You're doing you're doing a lot. And I really appreciate you. And in that moment, I took a step back and was wondering, what am I doing? I did, had no idea like what I was doing. But what I recognized is that it was something that energized me. It was something that I really felt good about. And um, I was coaching at the end of the day. That's what I was doing. So I took a year really to kind of take a deep dive on myself to figure out why is this energizing me more than anything else at work and understanding like, okay, what are my strengths? What am I really good at? How is this impacting people? How can I provide people with some sort of value? And so that is how I kind of came up with the Eracomone group. And um, so I always tell people that there is no such thing as work-life balance. You have a life. And for some of us, it's really short. And from there, you figure out how you're going to put work in it. So um, I kind of go off of off of that model. Fantastic, and a great and a great <laughs> motto to have. So let's let's dive more into into the company, the Erica Monet Group. Uh, so what do you do? What are the what are the services that you offer? Yeah, so the services that I offer, um, I do one on one coaching, so it's career coaching. Um, I also do strength based coaching as well. Um, I also offer um, HR consulting and advising as well. Um, I've been in HR for so long. Um, so I also offer that as well. And one uh, specialty thing that I would say that I do as well with my coaching is being able to support people in building social capital and building it in such a way where it helps them navigate their careers and achieve goals. And so you work with, um, you, you work with obviously consumers directly, customers directly, um, 
Um, do you work with businesses as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, oftentimes, I've been called to um, facilitate training sessions. I've been even to moderate panels for their lunch and learns. Um, so I've been able to, you know, impact organizations in that way as well. And what are some of the things when you're when you're when you're speaking with businesses when you're doing you know uh, when you're doing some consulting there? I guess I'm kind of getting to kind of the future of the workforce and how people think about their jobs. And like you said, um, there's been this shift of people just thinking of it as like a nine to five clock in to something that they really want to get some value out of and, and, right. and actually enrich their lives with their work. Um, so what do you what do you tell companies who, who need to be better at that? Good question. So oftentimes it's it's really taking, allowing them to take a step back and think about where do they want to be. Uh, because when you look at where you want to be, where you want to go, now we have to dive into how are we going to get there, right? And it really and it starts with your talent and upskilling your talent, reskilling your talent. I think it has been a theme here at the conference, and um, it's 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 crucial to the success because times have changed, our technology has advanced, um, so there's there's a lot there. But the most important thing is that individuals, professionals, are now taking. More more control over their careers and it's become more of a employee market and so how do you be able to um, attract talent outside of the hey here are the benefits and this is what's offering so I I really uh, encourage uh, my organizations my clients that I work with to really focus in on what type of work are you offering them what type of environment are you offering them because people want to work in a safe environment we're human beings we want to belong, period. So how? what kind of environment are you creating for people? So yeah, your benefits package is great, but you have to go beyond that. It has to uh, resonate with who people are at the core. Yeah. Makes sense. And so on the on the client side, or individual clients, I should say, is there some prevailing uh, issue or thing that you see come up a lot in terms of, you know, when you're working with individual clients, is there is there something that you you seem to kind of come back to that's like, this is the, you really need to get this. This is the piece that you're, that, that, that's missing that I can help with. It is usually building their network, usually building their network. Um, so that's where like social capital became so important uh, to talk about and um, I always would ask my clients like hey so you know who's in your network how are you working your network what's your strategy and they look at me with like a deer in headlights and I'm like okay and then some people would tell me Erica I don't even like networking it's horrible I'm not here for the small talk it's fake <laughs> I would get all types of responses and I had one client that really put the icing on the cake for me she said you know Erica I would walk into a room, people would look at me, and no one would want to talk to me. But for some reason, when they find out my job title, now they want to talk to me. And when she said that, it it, kind of, it broke my heart. So um, I wanted to create a safe place for my clients to just come, show up as who they are, not their job titles, um, and so that they can genuinely and authentically build new relationships. So I created an event called Networking on Purpose, 
and it's networking on purpose and for a purpose. So each and every month, um, I have a different topic, a different panel to you know discuss what the topic is, and it's an opportunity for people to, especially for those who are uncomfortable networking, to have a place where they're saying, okay, I don't even know what to say next. What are we doing? <laughs> and they're engaging in activities, introducing themselves in a way where they are saying, hey, this is who I am, not just my job title, and um, providing them that type of uh, environment to do so is great. And then also each month I honor a different nonprofit in Detroit. And um, so it's been really phenomenal. Last month we honored um, the American Red Cross in the area and the uh, individual, the representative from the American Red Cross, who's also from Detroit, was able to share her own personal story um, because she's connected to uh, the American Red Cross in a very significant way. She has sickle cell. And she was talking about the importance of it and the impact, especially in Detroit, how um, there are so many uh, donors that are needed, African-American donors that are needed because there are, as sickle cell impacts the black community greatly. And so she came out to talk to all the attendees about that. And it was just wonderful. So it provides people an opportunity to uh, really come together with like-minded professionals and then also learn more about a nonprofit. And that way, it's like curating a, um, a community of givers. So it's a giver of your time, of your talent, or even to donate to the nonprofit. So it's a really good time. It's the third Thursdays of every month, plugging that in in Detroit. <laughs> For sure. Is that do you do it in person, virtually, mix? Yes. So I just start I just got back to in person in April. So April and May so far has been uh, back in person and it's been going pretty good, but it's also figuring out the world of in person events Mm -hmm. after, you know, the thick of the pandemic. So um, so I'm still navigating that space. It's not uh, it's pretty uncertain. Mm -hmm. One moment you're like, All right, no one's coming because no one registered and then like three days before everybody registered. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. So what, let's look ahead to maybe six months to a year. Where do you, where do you want to see the company? Six months to a year? Is that what Sure. You yeah. If you want to go beyond that, that's fine too. Okay. I'm trying to get you to kind of future cast a little bit of where you want to, where you want to go with this. Yeah. So I would say by the end of this year, uh, the Erica Monet group, I really foresee is doing more in the city of Detroit and the way in which I envision our impact is really supporting the nonprofit organizations um, with their uh, people operations and being able to uh, create more communities, curating communities around supporting one another and helping people navigate their careers. I think that the way in which I am such an advocate for building your social capital, I have to be that resource for others. So I foresee myself in the next six months to the year being more involved in the community, showing my face more in the community um, to be that, to be the plug, mm-hmm. you know, and to support our people. Absolutely. So you mentioned the networking events, yeah. um, but how can people continue to follow your story? How can they better connect with you? You know, go ahead and plug website, social. How do we how do we learn more about you and follow? follow Absolutely. Along? So um, my website is uh, ericamonegroup.com. So that's E-R-I-K-A-M-O-N-A-E-G-R-O-U-P.com. And my social is Erica Monet Group on Instagram, on Facebook, and, and on LinkedIn. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Erica, it was great to have you. It's been been great to kind of meet you at the conference and, and talk with you and uh, really happy to have you here. I uh, hope you come back and I'm looking forward to uh, to working with you back in Detroit. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.